Hello, and welcome to the Apple Insider Podcast. This is your host, Wesley Hilliard. Uh, today, our sponsor is SaneBox, and I am joined by Mike Worsley, Managing Editor of Apple Insider, my boss and former fellow Navy shipmate. How's it going, Mike? Uh, it goes. Uh, some of you know me from my two other appearances on the Apple Insider Podcast over the last uh, eight years, and some of you have heard me on the Space Javelin Bot Podcast, uh, Dearly Departed, of course. But obviously, we're here to talk about Apple Vision Pro. Yes. So we've had this thing for, um, as we record, about six days. Uh, I've just released the early review, as we're calling it, uh, more or less a first look, very in-depth as I could get with the hours and hours I've spent with this thing on my face. But uh, I'm pretty excited about it, and uh, I think people on the show might be tired of hearing me uh, wax poetic about the Apple Vision Pro. And so we brought you on to... uh, Give us a little bit of the other side, maybe, um, or maybe you're as ecstatic as I am, but. <laughs> no, I'm not. Uh, I'm going to be the voice of reason. I used it over the summer at a large company to be unnamed forever, for all time. We will not speak its name. And it was okay then. It wasn't fantastic. I understand where people are excited about it, and I understand where people are excited. It's the future of computing. I do not think it's the future of computing anytime soon. In fact, If this is the future computing, it will be after I'm gone. I am in my mid-50s. This isn't a 10-year thing. This is a longer thing. So this feels to me right now, without going into the tech specs or anything like that, because we're not really going to talk about that today, this is a line in the sand because Apple decided that, well, we want to be part of the conversation. We don't want Meta to control the narrative around this platform in the future. Yes. Uh, I mean, it famously, I think it was Greg Joswiak who said he would never use the term metaverse and um, meta like Facebook, as we call them, renamed their entire company around the idea of the metaverse and more or less kind of failed to really get that to take any traction. And then here's Apple knocking on the door with a $3,500 headset. And it's kind of, interesting to see them come in so aggressively with this uh i guess advanced piece of hardware it's like a meta quest but glass and aluminum with much better specs but also much more expensive and running very proprietary hardware and i just wonder if apple sees meta as a competitor or if it's the usual we're apple so we're above everyone else kind of approach um, they like to kind of live in that sphere. And so far, I tend to agree and disagree with you on this. I, I We definitely differ a lot in our opinions on Apple Vision Pro. I think this is a future, not the future. This is definitely another fork. So, right, we have the Mac paradigm, the classic um, mouse keyboard monitor, whatever. Uh, we have the iPad paradigm, which I've been using for a couple years now, of kind of the modular plug and play, uh, do what you need to do kind of computer. And now we have this thing you wear on your face that can just take over your world that you live in. And of course, there's the iPhone computing, which is your casual uh, computing for most of the world. Vision Pro's, I think, going to be very much like the Mac, that it's going to be very small and very few people are going to use it as a primary resource. But I think this is also going to be big in the business world. We've seen a few stories around that. Are you wearing it now? why what is it giving you right now that something mostly just interest uh i'm i want to um live in this thing while i'm writing about it and learning about it 
I will be implementing this into my workflows, if only because I'm, again, interested. I want to be able to, part of my job, communicate um, the use case. But it's also just kind of interesting, just strap this thing on and be in a different place or uh, just have a better version of my office with windows floating around me. I mean, it's not doing anything too different from what my iPad offered, just giving it to me in a bigger display with different types of workflows. So it's going to take a lot of experimentation and a lot of uh, learning for me to figure out if this is actually going to be a work device or just a novelty. I'm, I'm going to roll back a little bit here. So obviously I've been using computers all my life. I started literally with an Apple II, no EC plus, none of that, an Apple II at a very young age. Immediately saw the utility for Mac when I was exposed to it at the first Apple dealership I worked at in the mid-80s. Stayed with Mac for a long time. Immediately saw the use for iPods. Immediately saw the use for an iPhone. Immediately saw the use for an iPad. Saw use for Apple Watch. I'm still only reluctantly wearing it because my cardiologist wants me to wear it. There is no immediate use for this. This is not a today platform. This is a platform. It is a stab in the dark. It's definitely early days. I mean, I agree the utility. uh, It's just, it's difficult to put into words. I mean, you've used one, you have one in your home. Um, Mm -hmm. Right now, for example, we're podcasting. It's an audio sensitive environment. I am facing a wall covered in soft paneling to prevent my voice from echoing too much. And I have a, I don't know, large display let's say like a a 20 inch display showing me safari and notes floating in front of my face i don't have to turn my head i don't have to look away from the microphone i just have all the information i need for the show in front of me and i'm not Mm -hmm. reverberating off of a, a glass display that's 10 inches in front of me so like i again it's just a niche use case but i feel like these kinds of things will will eke themselves out like we need to see developers come in and show us what this thing is for much like the apple watch i mean i've had some pushback from people uh, with me classifying that way um in in our forums and online and it's just like i don't understand how people's memories can be so short but that first apple watch with watch os 1.0 was not what we have today and it was fully streamed from the iphone it was a terrible experience overall just was and Apple just revamped it basically overnight with watchOS 2.0 and changed changed um, a lot of the operating systems to be more localized. I I get it, but like <laughs> we had a people button. There was a but you press the side button and it launched a people picker. Like that that's crazy mm-hmm. to me that that that's what they went with with the first iteration. I I'm not going to say that did they change things? They absolutely changed things. But I'm not going to say that Apple didn't have fitness in mind, for instance. They focused on fashion first, and they invited an auditorium full of fashionistas. And a lot of them were just straight given $10,000 gold Apple watches. They had a giant circle drawn on a map, and fitness and health was inside of it. But so was all these other things. Yep. And then mm-hmm. that circle got smaller as people used it and was able to show this is what we're actually buying it for. We're actually buying it for notifications, primarily fitness and health. And Apple zoomed in on that very quickly. Um, 
And it's funny because in the most Apple way possible, there's no real customization. We get a handful of watch faces that are useful and complications make things a little more personal, but we still don't have like a watch face store. And I think with Vision Pro, it's going to be very similar. They have this giant circle around it of we're spatial computing, these fancy buzzwords that say basically, okay, yeah, nothing. Yeah, basically, nothing. okay, it could be VR, it could be AR. It depends on where the dial is, and that's all very fun and whatever. But like, really, it's it can be whatever you need it to be until you tell us what you want it to be. And I think that's the stage that Vision Pro's in right now. Well, let's be real clear about what Vision Pro is. Right, it is a it is a VR headset. It is not an AR headset. It is one hundred percent a VR headset. You're looking at displays. You are not seeing the outside. Mm-hmm. You're looking at it through displays. And that's okay, right? That works out pretty well in the Disney app with the theaters and so forth. And if they don't add a a Muppet theater, I'm going to be very disappointed. It it is such a hard, it is for me at least, it is such a hard product to look at and say, what is this for and who is this for now and for the next five years? I don't see how right now, or for the foreseeable future, Apple is going to break the curse that Meta now talks about, about where people will buy one, use it for two hours, put it back in the box, never to be seen Absolutely. again. Absolutely. Uh, is the price part of your calculation or is it the form factor? It's a little bit of both. The The Apple Vision Pro is priced the way it is because it needs to be priced the way it is. So there's the 80-20 rule, right? Where to get 80% of the product, it takes 20% of the cost. But to get to that extra 20%, it's 80% of the cost. And Meta to date has been happy with sitting at that 80% of the line and that 20% of the cost thing. Apple just said, like they do sometimes, we're just going full out. We're going to deliver absolutely everything possible today. And that costs. That takes real money. I mean, if you... um... I listened to the Vanity Fair review with the Apple News audio thing they do, and Mm -hmm. it was interesting because uh, Tim Cook was pretty open about, yeah, like uh, a number of years ago, I'm guessing around 2018, I was brought into this room and they strapped this giant heavy thing to my head that did not look anything like Vision Pro. Uh, They had to do a bunch of things. It was hot. It was heavy. It was loud. And finally, there it was in front of him, the room with some icons floating in front of him. And he's just like, yep. This is it. This is what we need to do. And they basically had to wait for the technology to catch up. And I know there's a lot of, uh, again, euphemism marketing speak in there of just, you know, how amazing and wonderful Apple is, of course, because that's the CEO Mm -hmm. talking. But I still thought it was an interesting story because it kind of happened with the Apple Watch as well. They kind of had an idea and had to wait to execute until things got cheap enough, got easy enough to produce in mass to create this and i think vision pro is the best they could do for now at this price point i mean they could have gone more expensive and you can always go more expensive and add more things to it but really i think this met in the middle and i don't know if i'm with you on the 10-year window i i don't think we're gonna have like these goggles or glasses that are perfectly transparent uh showing advanced ui metrics and like basically vision os as it exists today in five or 10 years that that's a reach, but I still think the passer is going to get better. I think the displays are going to get better and the overall headset's going to get lighter. And I'd say by the second iteration, we're going to see a pretty big leap forward. Not, not astronomical, but 
I still think that Vision Pro, I think people are going to be surprised. They're expecting Apple to come out the gate with this, you know, 2026, here's a $2,000 version. I don't think it's going to be that soon or that fast uh, or that cheap even. Uh, I think Vision Pro 2 is still going to be around $3,500. That's just how Apple does it. But we will get like an SE version at some point that lacks some hardware, whatever that might be. But the ubiquity of this hardware is what's going to create the ecosystem. And I think maybe that's where you're coming from is there's no way for this to become widespread, especially at this price point. Yeah. There's no ubiquitousness for this product. It it doesn't exist. It won't exist. It's well, you know, I say it won't exist. It's not going to exist in my lifetime. I don't think this is a big computing paradigm shift. This is bigger than a desktop computer to a laptop computer or a laptop computer to an iPhone or an iPad. This is a way bigger shift than that. It's a bigger shift even than Apple Watch wearing a computer on your wrist. I remember social norms having to shift when, uh, you know, you would look at your watch uh, when it was a mechanical watch. Uh, It's a signal, a social signal saying you're wasting my time or I'm ready to get out of here. But now it's you're checking your notifications. Maybe it's still a sign of you being bored, but um, people had to start to understand, oh, they're wearing like a computer on their wrist. They're basically checking their phone right now, which in some circumstances is still very rude. But imagine wearing an entire computer over your eyes and like humans being psychologically preconditioned to favor looking each other in the eye during conversation. It kind of removes you from that. Like the... um, I wrote a story uh, right before Apple Vision Pro came out about the health limitations of wearing a headset. Mm-hmm. And one of them they mm-hmm. described was there's nothing you can do, period, about the social, isola- ice- the social isolation of wearing a headset. There's nothing you can do. Like, Eyesight mm-hmm. is terrible. I, I look dead. My eyes are closed in mind <laughs> because my persona's eyes just don't work. It's just, this is not a good execution of this. And personas are better in the beta. In in the 1.1 beta, they have you rescan for your persona. And they give you a couple of options, like put it on the edge of a table or a shelf or something to keep it stable. And that helps a great deal. So they've they've tuned that up a little bit. And they are clear that personas are still in beta. But man, that eyesight just looks bad. It just looks bad. And it's this, like a combination of issues, the lenticular lens, like if anyone's mm-hmm. ever looked at like a, mm-hmm. a holographic Pokemon card or something like that's the, it's the same technology. It's basically shifting this view while you're looking at it so you can see it from different angles and it kind of yeah makes sense to your eyes. I don't think that's the issue. I think it really might be the personas and I think the software, or, or, I mean, the personas themselves getting better will help with that, but it's never going to be human, but I've also seen stories, maybe people a little more accepting of it saying, uh, talking to their, you know, spouses or whatever saying, I I respect the idea of being able to know when you're looking at me, but I think maybe Apple going too realistic also hurt. Um, they jumped straight into uncanny Valley territory. I mentioned, um, I did the I, uh, Vision Pros podcast the other day. We also recorded wearing the headsets, uh, doing it fully in personas, completely broken, did not work, but the, the video is out there if anyone wants to look for it. Um, and I mentioned Heavy Rain on PlayStation 3 is what it reminds me of because that game was pushing the limits of the PlayStation 3 
and they went full realistic graphics and these people had giant pores on their face but they still looked human but you could your brain just did something that says no i don't like this the uncanny valley was just very Mm -hmm. clear and this is the level that we're at now and i don't think it's going to get super realistic very fast i mean there's improvements in 1.1 but it's still nowhere near where it needs to be i mean you don't even have ears (laughs) properly with personas and i think that's just very odd I want to roll back a little bit to, you were talking about the Apple Watch uh, just a minute or two ago. And as humans, we have been aware, at least, of the concept of tablet computing since 2001, A Space Odyssey, since the movie in 1969. Maybe even before then in Star Trek, they had those they had those huge clipboards that were they were walking around with. And then there were the pads in Next Generation in, in the late 80s and early 90s and so forth. So at some level, there have been computing paradigms that humanity has been familiar with for a long time. So what is, so Disney in the late 80s and early 90s had just these enormous virtual reality headsets, which you also saw in Lawnmower Man, that Stephen King adaptation in the 90s. That's the closest that we've come really to any kind of mass media virtual reality paradigm other than Ready Player One. Which the movie was terrible, <laughs> right. by the way. the The book was okay, but the movie was awful. But I, so I, th- I think in many ways here, that hurdle has to be overcome. In addition to the VR hurdle, in addition to the the VR curse that I spoke about about five minutes ago, and that's a climb. I mean, and this is something. This is something Apple has to earn. They don't just get to throw this out and say, "Behold, the next generation of the iPhone," or look, it's a bigger iPhone when the iPad came out or they, they don't get, this to is the hard sell. They, I mean, the, yeah, this the is original computer sell. replaced what a typewriter. And then we jumped to jump ahead a few years and something like the iPhone replaces many utilities, calculators and music players, mm-hmm. what have you. The iPad replaces mm-hmm. paper, right? Newspaper books. What have you, again, just easy paradigms for the brain to understand on so on and so forth apple watch watches vision pro replaces your eyes it replaces your view of the world and i guess that's one of those questions the classic jurassic park you know they i'm not even gonna do the quote but like <laughs> why 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 bother why replace the world other than science fiction telling us oh this is something cool we want to do i mean other than ready player one or maybe tony stark and his and his helmet and the Iron Man seeing all these little real world augmented reality objects. I mean, obviously mm-hmm. we don't have holograms and this is the closest thing we can get to it by literally just wearing screens over our eyes so we can project things into our space. Is this really the ultimate views that did we, did science fiction lead us the wrong direction and was Apple just so caught up in their own stuff that they didn't stop to think to say, Hey, maybe we shouldn't do this kind of like folding technology. Like, Everyone's all about the foldable phones and tablets, and I still believe it's a fad, even though we still get rumors about it every couple of weeks. It doesn't seem like something that really needs to exist. Something else is going to come along and be better than foldables ever thought of being. And yeah, yeah, there's new rumors this week about Apple working on two foldable phones, and honestly, I think it's probably way more than that. I think they've probably had twenty or thirty oh, sure. different prototypes that they're considering. But, you know, that brings us back to Apple Vision Pro, and this is the first year, I think, that Apple has considered that the technology is mass-producible enough to give something at least acceptable to the public. 
for me, going on the folding phones thing is Microsoft's vision of it with two discrete screens held together with a hinge and actually using the hinge as a user interface element is probably the best way to do it because there are giant material problems with a plastic crease or, or, or glass crease, just enormous fatigue failure problems. Just and no one can Moving tell me parts. I mean, it's, in an uh, electronic object, yeah. is just not done. Other than buttons, maybe, and even then, those wear out after infinite presses. Uh, there's difference between ductile failure and brittle failure, and and so forth. And, and Wes and I have obviously had extensive training on this, but and I've got a, I've got a minor in materials, but so let's bring it around to we wrote opposing views uh, before we even mm-hmm. had our hands on mm-hmm. this thing. We wrote opposing views. Oh, no, before oh, okay. you had your hands on it. Fair I, I mean, used you, you'd it, right? used it, but I had mostly just heard mm-hmm. of other people using it. But, um, of yeah. course, I, I'm i the optimistic one. I'm definitely the Apple fanboy of uh, Apple Insider, uh, respectively. But um, it's just I'm always going to be excited about new technology. It's not about whether Apple does it or not. It's if it... If someone does something really interesting, I'm going to be all over it. I mean, I bought the little Game Boy thing that Analog made because that's just exciting to me that someone's building this technology. I just want this stuff to exist in the world. So Apple making something Mm -hmm. like this is just interesting to me. I bought PSVR 2 for the same reason. I want to be able to dive into these new paradigms. So, of course, I'm going to be optimistic. And I basically wrote about how Vision Pro needed to exist today because Vision OS needs to be developed. And Apple can only get so far by developing something internally. They need the input from external developers and users. Is do you think that they should have that, that they should have released now? Is this too soon? Or should they have waited another generation internally? I think that the product would be better received if it was a more socially acceptable product that didn't look like a pair of metal ski goggles. I think that if they had something like the Ray-Ban Specs or even an advanced version of Google Glass like we had about 10 years ago, which I, is right. the end goal anyway, right? The end goal is to have everyone wearing a pair of sun, a pair of sunglasses on their face that gives them the information that they would otherwise get by looking at their phone or looking at their Apple Watch. I cannot, ex- that is, I cannot explain the end goal. to you how excited I was. Again, this is a decade ago. But how just thrilled I was with that silly demo, it, fake video that Google put out of... I don't know, people walking around with Google Glass on showing what he saw. If you remember, it's where he like walks out on a rooftop and there's someone playing a ukulele. It's mm-hmm. very nonsensical, mm-hmm. not realistic at all. It was very much uh, created in a lab kind of video. I, at the time, I was working at a venue that was not Apple specific. We had an Apple arm, but I was not working for it. I was working for the gadgetry side of it. So I was fully aware of Google Glass, its limitations. Yeah. I mean, I was I was all in on Google at fakeness. the time myself. Like, this is pre-Apple days for mm-hmm. me. But, like, I was just mm-hmm. excited. I was like, man, I want, I want Google Glass. This looks so cool. And, of course, finally the hardware actually launches, and it's nothing like what they promised, and uh, people are mocked incessantly for it. And I was in a program in the Navy where having that kind of stuff would be impossible anyway. So it was just like, nope, pass. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see where it goes. And then it just ultimately failed and disappeared. Um, I Well, to be clear on this, I don't think Apple over-promised sure. and under-delivered here. I think they delivered exactly what they said they were going to deliver with the performance that they said it was going to deliver and so forth. Now, it's it's got a good field of view. It, it's I've 
taken uh, so very specifically it was orange yarn a couple of cans of corn a couple of books and my calculator and the field of view on this uh on the horizontal plane is about is between 100 and 105 degrees i think it's closer to 103 i haven't done vertically yet um so what we're seeing with the headsets on is more or less what we were promised at WWDC. So we'll check that off I as think a promise delivery. Apple could have done the, a better job, though, um, portraying because when you're watching the demo videos, <laughs> there are all these beautiful 16 by 9 large videos mm-hmm. of people showing what they see, but it's not really what they see because there's a mask over your face. So you don't get that full experience you you, no. you you can't do that it's impossible. though that that's that's impossible to do the verge their review of the apple vision pro was excellent but they had a simulated image in there of what you're seeing and it was kind yeah of i didn't like what something about the verge just triggers something in my brain that just yells uh like primal instinct or whatever but uh because they they didn't say anything wrong. It's just how they say it. And and no, I agree that their rendition of this is what you see through it. But then, really, are you actually telling anyone what you're seeing? Because now you're showing it in a video that's probably in a popped out YouTube uh, thing inside of another window on a screen. And now people are looking at it like, wow, that's really tiny. But it's like, yeah, but in real life, that's an inch from your eyeballs. So you have to like turn your head deliberate. Sure, it's always in your periphery, but again, I, I wrote I wrote about this, and I don't know if you agree with this, but um, it's kind of like how you can always see your nose; it disappears when you're not thinking about it. And when I'm using Vision Pro, I'm always aware of the things on my head. Of course, it's big and kind of heavy. Yeah, you yeah, can't but not like, be aware. When yeah. you're really in the flow state of working, typing, looking at documents, editing photos, what have you, inside of Vision Pro, watching an immersive video. And everything kind of disappears around that. And until someone says, hey, you can see black around your head, <laughs> uh, you're not really paying attention to that. You're paying attention to the content. So I don't want people to get too caught up on that. But mm-hmm. it, it is there. Yeah. So I I'm, obviously you can tell I'm conflicted about this. People say I, I got literal hate mail about you know me not being optimistic about Apple Vision Pro. Yeah, but I mean, you'll I'm get hate mail whatever really, stance like, you take. Yeah. You like it too much, you hate yeah, it too it's, much. It's, it's, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's not really a big deal. But people are like, well, I don't know how you can feel this way about Apple Vision Pro. Like, well, I can tell you why I feel this way about Apple Vision Pro. We, we're looking at already 10 years of another billion-dollar, trillion-dollar company pouring billions of dollars into this and not getting any social traction mm-hmm. whatsoever or social acceptability for the product. That So Apple has two cells that they have to make. They have to so – I don't think Apple knows what the killer app for this is. I think that they have, well, we could use it for this and we could use it for this. And Apple executives said, well, we can see it in healthcare and we can see it in manufacturing. Okay, where? HoloLens is not a practical is not a practical piece of hardware anymore. Microsoft said, well, you know what? We're kind of done here. And they couldn't make it work. And let's be clear. Microsoft right now is the highest valued company in the world, not Apple. Yeah, for whatever that yeah. means. Right? Fake math with stocks. Yeah. Money on paper. <laughs> right. So you've got that cell of what's it for, but you also have to convince the world that, yeah, it's okay to wear this. You don't look like a goon when you're wearing this product in your Or face. maybe you do. They never they never had to do it with any I, other product. I think there's a it's it's difficult again to describe. I I think there's an issue with um trying to turn this into mass market because I don't think it ever will be. It's just 
not any kind of headset is not mass market not until it can be a literal pair of ray-bans that you put on your face uh probably you know 20 years from now uh we're usually optimistic about technology. I mean, I remember when we were writing about when Apple Insider, not me, was writing about Project Titan in 2014 and how mm-hmm. Apple Car was. Oh, yeah. Project Titan around forever. It's coming. Yeah. Uh, we'll see it at a car show in 2016. It's exciting, right? No, it just didn't happen. And Ming-Chi Kuo has been talking about uh, g- glasses, uh, not just a headset, but, oh, yeah, yeah, those they're thinking about a VR headset, but it's really going to be a pair of glasses. That's how he spoke about it. It's like they kind of dabbled with vr but that's not really it what's the real product is putting a thing over your eyes and seeing the world around you as a set of glasses and that's coming in 2019 no sorry 2022 23 and so on and so forth until finally we got the vr headset and everyone's like oops it's actually a headset um i think we'll see some advancement in this very quickly to the point where it'll be better to wear around and i think there will be nerds and people with money who will undoubtedly wear these things in public especially once they're more smaller and more comfortable but we're never going to get to the iphone point or the apple watch point even where one out of every 10 iphone user has an apple watch or whatever and you just see them everywhere you see them in media we're not going to see tv shows where people are just walking around with vision pros on their face but we'll see them with apple watches on their arm and i don't think it's meant to be that product it's i think it's meant to be the mac pro of enthusiasts it's meant to be we're going to sell a bunch of these not millions billions but it's going to be they're they're going to be out there we're going to have to cater to them it's a different sell but that's a problem in its own because then you have to say well if it's going to be a smaller market how do we convince developers to care and that's the problem with things Mm -hmm. like youtube and spotify saying we don't really need a product here at launch because two hundred thousand people just isn't enough for us to bother we deal in the millions, not in the hundreds of thousands. This week's episode is brought to you by the email service SaneBox. Now, I actually love email. I realize I might be alone there, but it is my absolute favorite way to communicate. Only lately, I've taken on several new projects that, of course, have meant working with several sets of new people. And the sheer volume of email has made even me a little reluctant sometimes to check my inbox. And yet you have to. You know, there are emails that you must respond to right away. You know as well, there are emails that they're not even really meant for you. You just kind of CC'd on them a lot. And then there are so many emails where you've sent them and you're keen on email, but the people you've sent them to are less keen and they don't get back to you in time. Samebox handles all of this. All of it. That one with people not replying, for instance, well, you know who they are, you come to know anyway. So when you next email them with something urgent, you can BCC an address like one week at samebox.com. And in a week's time, Samebox will remind you that you emailed them unless they've replied. Or if you're overwhelmed on one project and emails are coming in for another one, another project that you know you can't do anything about right now, Samebox can hide those away until later. Plus, even when you you don't hide some emails and you don't remind yourself of others, Samebox just has this raft of features to help you stay on top of your email inbox. Find out for yourself. Find out how Samebox can help your time and your concentration with a free two-week trial. Visit sanebox.com slash insider today to start your free trial and to get a $25 credit. That's Sanebox, S-A-N-E, B-O-X dot com slash insider. And our thanks to Samebox for supporting the Apple Insider podcast. 
So I have a review coming for Apple Insider on the Apple Vision Pro, and it approaches more of the enterprise and scientific markets, kind of like how I did the Mac Pro review when the Apple Silicon Mac Pro came out. The Apple could say what it likes about where they would like to see this, but we're in a situation where the edge glass of the Apple Vision Pro protrudes past a hard hat brim. And you'll see a practical picture of that later. We've already got a situation where training is effectively limited by the battery pack that's attached to it. But the the bigger limitation, I think, is physical. I, I, I don't think you're going to want to have a student practice two hours of surgery with the Apple Vision Pro on. So, I mean, there's there's a lot going on here, and there's still a lot more people I need to talk to. And interestingly, none of them want to go on the record as so-and-so from so-and-so company. I have to refer to them as a large education provider or a large entertainment company or something like that because they don't want to invoke the ire of Apple. But it, it's there is an incredible amount of skepticism that Apple, to date, has not done anything about. There was no effective advertising for this between WWDC and the release. And even the advertising now is very much consumer-based and not enterprise-based. I think Apple knows what they have. I don't think they're – for a company that's normally very loud, they're very conservative with the Apple mm-hmm. Vision Pro. And I, I think I like that. I mean people were mad that there wasn't this big event where Tim Cook walks out on a stage wearing one or whatever. I, I don't think it needs that or warrants that because, again, this is going to be so low market, especially for this first version, that Apple really needs to focus on – Selling to the enthusiast, selling to the people with money, getting it out there and developing the next version and getting Vision OS iterated. And I don't think any of those things are necessarily bad. And for someone like me, who's an enthusiast who wants to use this thing, who will go out of their way to incorporate this in their workflow unnecessarily, everything I was doing before wasn't broken. I didn't need to change anything. Vision Pro didn't come along and and suddenly tell me everything you're doing is wrong and you need to change what you're doing. In fact, Vision Pro is honestly doing the same thing, just (laughs) wearing something on my face. Um, So I think you're right here. Apple has a lot of convincing to do, but I think the problem with our discussion or any discussion being had over this device is we have no idea how Apple sees this device as far as success goes. What What are these success metrics driving this product? I don't think they care. They've got, they've got money to wait. And that's why I said in my piece about this is there's going to be a lot of people talking about success or failure. You know what? I haven't said anything that this product's going to flop. I'm not going to give you a YouTube face and say the Apple vision pro is a failure because it's not, it's doing exceptionally well for what, I mean, if the numbers that we are hearing are true, I mean, even at 200,000 now, 600,000 by the end of the year, I think that's pretty amazing for a $3,500 face computer. Well, that makes it a $750 million business on its yeah, own I did today. Some, not in the end of the year. Today, it's a, it's a $750 million I did some vacuum math that may or may not be totally accurate. But, I mean, that puts it uh, within 10% of the, the launch weekend sales. Now we're a week away, so we have no idea what it looks like now. But that launch weekend of uh, approximately 200,000 sales puts it within 10% of Meta's entire Quest 2 lineup that has been out since, what, 20... 20- well, to be clear, that puts it within the dollar value oh, again, of those yeah. headsets. It doesn't put it within doesn't put it within the total sales volume, which is about twenty million, which Meta considers yeah. a failure. But Meta also needs the entire planet to be bored creatures that just feed them information for them to make money. So, twenty million, of course, is going to be a failure because they need it to be more like two hundred million. 
So like with Apple TV, Apple will pour money into this in the interest of cross licensing. Just like it, it, it Apple, Apple TV feeds services, services come from the iPhone, the iPhone feed services. Everything is this web. There's nothing independent inside Apple. The Apple Vision Pro is not a standalone right. device. You, at the very least, you have to have an iPhone if you're going to order it online to buy it. And by itself, it is kind of a homeless product. What's the uh, what's the if, word? If you, everyone, everyone keeps repeating it. Um, escape hatch. <laughs> the Mac being able to be a window inside of Vision Pro is an escape hatch for the product because basically as soon as you run into a wall, now you just turn to your Mac. And that, it's amazing that the display can be in here i mean we're recording this podcast and my mac's to my left inside the vision pro and i'm able to see quick time and the recording and everything and that's all well and good but again escape hatch i'm not recording this podcast with the vision pro i mean i never i won't be able to period it's just not possible i can't attach a quality microphone to this device so well you can't sure. do it yet here's the thing so you've got that developer strap right which doesn't do a thing it is a usb2 device that our friends over at 9 to 5 said gives you a slightly more stable uh, Mac screen, which I have not found to be the case. I, it, it seems the same to me. It, it, and the pins behind that, there are more pins on that headphone connector, on that, on that ear strap connector, than there are in a USB-C cable or a Thunderbolt cable. Now, there's no way for me to know right now what's on the other side of that, the electronics controlling that, and the iFixit teardown doesn't really talk about it that much. But there's maybe there's something more coming as far as strap peripherals go. Maybe there's something right. faster coming. I would very much like the Apple Vision Pro to be able to take an HDMI in on USB-C alt mode. I would very much like that because that would make that product an incredibly more flexible product. I mean, I, I don't think it's coming, mind you. I think Apple will control this the same way they control everything else, which they, is good. And they and also bad. need a, a selling point for the next product, of course. I mean... When everyone who just bought one needs a reason to buy the second one because that's the only market Apple has right now at this point, uh, and them coming out and saying, "Yeah, and this one uh, you can dock it to Thunderbolt, and now you have everything you connect to Thunderbolt inside the Vision Pro," um, and that would be interesting. Um, but that's not going to happen with this version. I mean, probably. I mean, I, I I agree that the developer straps a potential input. I mean, we could see updates to all kinds of crazy stuff. They added mouse support to iPad through a software update, which is still mm -hmm. very weird to mm -hmm. me just to think about like, oh, this thing just impossible could not do before is now here because they updated the firmware and the operating system. And I mean, so we don't know what Vision OS is going to look like a year from now. And I, that's exciting to me. And I think, I don't know, do you have any last thoughts on Vision Pro before we cover a few other topics? Well, on my hierarchy of needs, as far as Apple products go, I have always loved my Mac. Uh, there have been only a handful of Macs that I've only kind of been iffy on. Like, for instance, the the uh, Apple Silicon Mac Pro is doesn't need right. to exist. The I my iPad I love more than my iPhone. I love my iPhone more than I love my Apple Watch. And somewhere further down, way below that, is the Apple Vision Pro. This is a product that I own because I work here. If I did not work for Apple Insider, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have bought this for myself. This is. I would. So it launched. I was excited about it. I said, "Wow, that looks pretty cool." And then mm -hmm. I used it. 
in, over the summer. I used it at a large company that I have contacts with over the summer. And it's a little better now than the software was then. It's not hugely better. And I still want to like it. I still want to like it a great deal. But looking at it, and even after playing with the Disney Plus app, even after playing with some stuff that some of the people I've spoken with have built around it, which are complex mechanical and fluid flow systems, and you can manipulate the system and so forth and see how the system operates with multiple people in the space. It is still not a product for me. Am I upset that Apple made it? No, I'm not upset that Apple made it. it am I ever going to call it a failure? No, because it's not. It is, it's better than my Vive. It's better than my Index. It, it's better than the other virtual reality stuff that I've used. But it is also not a today product. This, Like I said, if this is a major computing paradigm, it, it, I will be gone before that happens. So I think Apple could have waited. I think they could have waited another five years for hardware to say, this is what we want. Instead of doing this today, which... So developer kits. Let's talk about developer kits for a quick minute. The developer kit for Intel was a beige box PC. The development box for Apple Silicon Mac was a Mac Mini with an A12 board in it. it they, they were slapped together pieces of hardware to make a developer kit. I think that Apple could have used the next three years as a mind share kind of thing and an enthusiasm kind of thing and said, WWDC, this is our developer kit for where we want to be in 10 years. And developers, we can, we can sell it to you now. But this is not going to ship in this fancy aluminum container. It's going to be much sleeker. It's going to be much slimmer. And it's going to be much more performant. And I think they would have got exactly what, they, what they're getting now. Out of I mean, that. I agree, but also think that if Apple waited three more years, this probably would have never shipped. Uh, I think it needed to ship now to exist at all. Because at some point, there's, gonna, there's like a, a, a meeting, you know, ship, whether or not you're going to ship uh, <laughs> with time. And once you cross that line, you're never looking back. There's another project. There's another thing to look at. There's an Apple car. There's some other paradigm to chase after. And if we were ever going to get this, it's now. And I don't think Apple has a, it, thankfully they're not like Google. They're not going to just abandon this and uh, we'll get vision OS 2.0 and then never see no. anything again. Uh, yeah. We're not going to get mm -hmm. people. I, I know Dan wrote a story about um, Dan, Dan Aaron Dilger wrote a story about who's going to make uh, immersive experiences for Apple vision pro. And it, it's a it's a wider piece than just that focus point, but focusing on that mm -hmm. title alone, um, I think people like John Favreau, who made the uh, prehistoric planet, are interested in making something for this. Uh, just out of the interest uh, interest of art, yes, it's not going to you know be a blockbuster, uh, millions of dollars box office uh, movie theater type thing, but I think people will still want to make things for this product. We'll see developers make more apps and things for it, and I mean, again. Apple Vision Pro doesn't exist in a vacuum. Other headsets already exist. Other experiences already exist that can be ported. I mean, PSVR has similar things to Encounter Dinosaurs where you just kind of look around and things are happening around you and you don't really interact at all. Um, and those could easily come to Vision Pro. And I think a lot of things is Apple really needs to do the thing they're bad at and they need to evangelize. They need to go out. They need to touch base and say, hey, bring your thing to our platform. We'll give you money. And uh, hopefully they're doing that here instead of just doing it all in Apple Music, because it seems to be the only place they're doing it anymore. Um, but 
a closing thought on Vision Pro before we catch a couple more things. I want to say from my point of view, I most I pretty much agree with everything you're saying. Like I can be excited and have the opinion that these are early days and a lot of things need to be fixed um at the same time, right? But uh I'm also a little less down on the idea of this thing doesn't have really a key use case. I think if you're someone who wants the best entertainment device you can buy personal, yes, you're private, you're alone. This is, this is it. I mean, no amount of money you throw at a TV and a sound system is going to get you the same experiences going into full immersive mode and watching a movie in Mount hood at night at on a 150 foot display with spatial audio surrounding you. Like you're just, you're not going to recreate that in real life. And while it's an illusion, it's a convincing illusion. And, um, it's only going to get better from here. I, I think the killer app here is not a specific use, but it's just the idea. It's entertainment. And that goes against everything I said about it being a, uh, useful as a work device, but I think that's okay. It's just like the iPad. The iPad is very much a consumption device for most people, and it's an amazing consumption device. And I think Vision Pro can do that too. And for me, will I be working in this? We'll see. I mean, <laughs> Mike will be uh, disappearing into his work cave after this episode, and William and I will be discussing this at length, but I think I'm going to be implementing this into my workflows. I've wore this for multiple eight-hour shifts, taking breaks only to eat and I'll take it off and stretch my legs. I'm not wearing it for eight hours straight, believe me. Um, and that's, I, I guess I have one last question for you. What do you think about the mm-hmm. comfort? Everyone's complaining. One person even said they were in pain during their 30 minute demo wearing the vision pro. What do you think about all that? So the solo loop is a nice thing, but what I like, that's why I saw on Twitter is somebody literally zip tied two of them together. One over that the was top pretty, of their head, one over the back of their yeah. head. I, that would have been way better. Uh, I, I'm not having any problems with this, but I also, like I told you, I, I have the index and I have the Vive. So I, I think that it is very much user to user. There are there are health considerations around it. I wrote a piece about it. We'll link it in the show notes. There, And people are already fighting money on it and say that it doesn't exist. It absolutely exists. There are, there are neurological issues with pulse width modulation as used in, in OLED displays. So there's a lot to consider on this, and if you are uncomfortable with it, or if you do start feeling weird wearing the headset, take sure. it off. Don't 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 push through. This is not a wash your face, you wash your visor. <laughs> yeah, and to that end, I kind of wish the magnets were a right. little bit stronger on that because I, I they keep on popping off just with the lightest of handling, and they need to be a little bit more resistant to that. But. Yeah, just be careful. Just it, it's a new computer. Par- it's a new computing paradigm. Maybe it's interesting. Yes, try it. Get those demos at the Apple Store and give it a shot. And you, and Apple's got a very generous return on everything they sell. So if you get it home, you say, "Oh my, this is a waste of money." Then just bring it back. This is definitely a product you have to use. And I had something, yep. and it is now gone. So <laughs> we'll move on. Yep. Yeah. So a couple of quick things. We've got a few minutes left here at the end, and uh, so. AI, right? I slowly, at the beginning of the AI movement, I would curse and stomp my feet and say, I'm never going to call it AI because it is the dumbest term ever existent, but language changes. So (laughs) I'm willing to say AI as wrong as the term might be. And I I guess I want your your two-minute opinion on 
the entire generative AI world's going to end Terminator nonsense that we have going on in the world right now. AI is a tool that we need to figure out how to use well. And here's the problem with generative AI is it started out good because it had good material to start with. It had non-AI generated content to start with. And now we're kind of down in this pit where it's feeding off itself and generating garbage. And the same tools that AI will need to use to figure out what's AI hallucinations to draw from and what are human-generated stuff to draw from will need to be implemented so actual people can determine what's AI-generated content and what's generated by human for education and for a whole host of other things. I think we're in the very early days. Um, we're not looking at Skynet here. We're not no. looking at anything like that. Uh, the... And as far as the stock analyst bitching that Apple doesn't have anything generative AI, so we're going to punish them in notes, is it's idiotic. It, it's Tim. Given everything as Apple Apple has done, Apple was not first to tablets. They were not first to smartwatches. They were not first to personal computing. They were close to first to personal computing. They were you know, they were not first to a lot of things. But when they delivered, here it is, and it was great. And now all of a sudden, stock. I plead you, stock analysts, stop being dumb about this company. You know how it works. You know what they to be do. Dumb about you this know company. that they're not first out of the gate. <laughs> uh, so. I will. I would say, yeah, like as I've discussed at length before, uh, AI, Apple wasn't first to machine learning, which is the real term for this that I will always hold on to. Uh, I mean, we saw machine learning. Uh, the, the keyboard on the original iPhone learned as you typed to know where your giant thumbs are going to press a key. I mean, your finger would land on F, but it knew you that you meant a different key, right? And that, so mm -hmm. stuff like that has existed for a long time. And before iPhone, I'm sure there was other examples of that, but I'm not old enough to know. Um, but yes, now we have the buzzword AI and it's powerful enough and, and, and persistent enough with these stock market analysts and CNBC and what have you that even Tim Cook, I guess, had a, prepared statement during the earnings call because believe me that wasn't off the cuff uh, he didn't just accidentally say something where he actually mentions a more ai things for from apple are coming in 2024 and uh i found that very interesting for an earnings call well it's that is specifically a backhand at the analyst saying that right. wasn't doing anything that is the target market for that call and i i just I don't know what it's going to look like. I still don't believe they're going to make Siri into a chatbot. I don't think it's going to be this thing that you're going to feed random questions into and have it return hallucinations. Um, I think Apple's going to be more careful than that. Uh, we've seen them experimenting in the space by doing um, open source projects with uh, image uh, generation and stuff like that. We There's a few stories on that this week. But... Um, it's going to be a consumer product. Everything that they've announced so far has been mostly developer-based or just interest-based. Um, but I don't think we're going to get a Bard, now Gemini. I, I wish they'd just land on a name and stick with it, Google. But um, they're not going to create a thing like that, I don't think. I think it's going to be more of this, uh, what's it, the, the text uh, autocorrect stuff, like where it's just part of the system uh, kind of invisible. You don't even see it. Uh, you you have to go look at the notes uh, or watch an Apple event where they actually describe it as generative AI or whatever as this feature. But like mm -hmm. the user is not going to know that. They're just going to be using the device and it's going to do these things for them. And they're not even going to have to think about it. Like automatically editing photos or, you know, 
learning how you talk so it doesn't constantly correct curse words into the wrong thing. Um, mm-hmm. All very interesting. Maybe a little boring, but I think that's Apple's take on this. I think they're going to play the safe card here. I, what do you think? They're, I don't think they're going to come out with some crazy thing in WWDC. No, I, I don't... I don't think so. So this week, Apple released a, a native language image generation model that if you are a developer, you can go implement right now if you're so inclined. Uh, we have pieces on that as well. It, it's What Apple's going to do is going to be user-centric. It's not going to be nerd-specific. It, it, they're going to make it available to as many people as possible, and it will be retroactive for a lot of their older hardware because you just have to look at mention of things like neural engines and things like that for the last six years. So it has always been clear that this day was coming, that this release of generative AI products is coming. It has always been clear. So why, you know, like I said, why folks like analysts and so forth haven't picked up But what about the government? You think they're going to be our saviors in this? (laughs) No. Uh, I I, I just had a profanity-laced tirade in my head, which I immediately dumped and just said no. It's the government doesn't bother themselves with educating themselves on technology beyond what they can use for a politically laden My speech. favorite thing about this stuff is, all right, so we have a story today. Um, Apple's joining uh, one of those groups that there's a thousand of them mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, for technology and safety and concerns, and we're going to field mm-hmm. everything and fix mm-hmm. the world or whatever the government does. Um, but my favorite part about all of this is, uh, when there's a quote and it's President Biden says, it's like, he didn't say that. He has, he's like a, a writer guy who goes and researches this. Um, but anyway, it's just like, yeah, we're, we're committed to making sure that the AI doesn't become dangerous or do anything we don't want it to do. And it's like, but you can't, you can't do promise any of that. The people making the AI stuff doesn't even know how it works. It's all black box. It's just. Well, and with this is this group has no right. teeth. There's no force of law behind it. There, that w- is going to have to require a functioning government, which we do not have. It will require lawmakers who actually educate themselves on the topics at hand, which they do not do. I mean, so there's going to be not going to be functional legislation about this for a decade or more. Yeah, th- this is the same government that tried to destroy the open internet in the name of safety, right? I mean, uh, what was what? What's the phrase I'm looking for? <laughs> More specific, no, it, I mean, uh, it's, it's on the tip of my tongue. And yes, it doesn't matter. They, they Years and years ago, these politicians decided that they were so smart that they could do away with the department that educated them on things. Right. They weren't smart then. They're not smart. Yeah, now. it's it's just always funny to me. It's, you know, Apple joins new government sanctioned things where they promise they're going to fix the world. And meanwhile, over on X, it's the most popular app on uh, the App Store again. Can you guess why? Do you know? It was number 24 or 45 or something about a week ago. But what could have changed in the last seven days that would make X the number one app in the App Store? (laughs) Generative images of famous artists that are indecent have been flooding that platform. And they have no idea what Mm -hmm. to do about it. None. And government oversight isn't going to fix that, right? And it's just, I don't know. It's... What is Apple going to do when they create this thing and someone makes something terrible with it? And it's going to be a PR nightmare. We're going to be writing about it for weeks and someone's going to get sued. All because nobody knows how any of this works. And I'm still very doubtful. I think this is going to be one of those footnotes in history where it's like, you remember NFTs or cryptocurrency? Yeah, AI is kind of the same idea. They're just going to 
they'll change the name again in, in five years to call it something else, you know, fancy robot name, whatever, and, so they can get away from AI and everything terrible it did in the last three years. But yeah. this technology is not going anywhere. It's just going to be used differently. And what it's doing now is just, it's not very good. And I think that's everything for the uh, Apple Insider podcast this week. And thank you, SaneBox, for sponsoring this episode. Thanks, everyone, for listening. If uh, you want to hear more about Apple Insider, make sure you visit our website or listen to the HomeKit Insider podcast, which I do with Andrew every week. Otherwise, there might be a guest. And there's also the Apple Insider Daily podcast, where you can catch up in about 10 minutes or less on everything happening in Apple News. And I can be found on Macedon primarily. I still have a Twitter, but I'm not really there. If you notify me, I can get back to you, but just find me on Macedon or find my email at the top of all of my articles. Mike, where can uh, people find you on the internet? I mean, Apple Insider. That's where I'm at. Yeah. He's floating around. Mm-hmm. Pretty straightforward. You can you can find him on Twitter as well if you want to. I mean, you can, but it, I get a little salty over to. there sometimes, so maybe not. <laughs> right. Right, but where are you not salty? No, I'm salty question. everywhere. And, I mean, uh, so it's, it's the genuine MacWorthly exactly. experience, no matter where you find me. Yeah. All right, well, thanks again for listening, and we'll see you guys next week. So long, everybody.